Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. When one of our reporters, Laura Clivens, was in paradise earlier this summer, she met Sabrina Haynes. What do you like about paradise? You just feel home. Um, my parents still live in the Bay Area and they want me to come back, but I can't leave. It's amazing here. This was before Sabrina would have to evacuate from her home along with the rest of the town as the campfire tore through paradise. Laura wanted to meet with her because Sabrina has some pretty serious childhood trauma. In fact, a lot of people Laura met with in Butte County this summer experienced trauma well before the fire. They were living off the grid. Uh, They were suffering from substance abuse. They did not have a safety net. Today, we're going to talk about childhood trauma in paradise before and after the campfire. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. This is a community that already suffers. This is Laura Clivens. She's a health reporter for KQED. And earlier this year, Laura started looking into which places in California have the highest rate of adults who experienced more than their fair share of childhood trauma. That's how she found herself in paradise. I was reporting there because Butte County has been shown on surveys to have the highest rate of people with serious childhood trauma. So how did you know that Butte County and and Paradise had such high levels of childhood trauma? So I looked at a survey, and it looked at all households by county. It asked people about 10 factors that contribute to something that is called an ACE score. The term adverse childhood experiences comes from this groundbreaking study that was done by the CDC and Kaiser, the health giant. So this is Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris. She's the CEO of the Center for Youth Wellness located right here in San Francisco. She researches the health effects of childhood trauma, specifically ACEs, which looks at trauma indicators happening inside the home. So these included physical, emotional, or sexual abuse, physical or emotional neglect, or growing up in a household where a parent was mentally ill, substance-dependent, incarcerated, where there was parental separation or divorce, or domestic violence. A high A score is really four or more. And what does four or more actually mean? What does the data show us in the long run? It shows us that people with high A scores are much more likely to have health problems, not just mental, but physical health problems, later in their life as an adult. The more of these ACEs that you'd experienced, the worse your health. You know, not just behavioral or mental health, but heart disease, cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, Alzheimer's. What is it about the environment that makes childhood trauma 
scores higher in, in Paradise and Butte County? Yeah, that was a million-dollar question when I was up there. I asked everybody I, I came across. And here's what they said. They said, we had a wave of meth in the 90s, and that has left us with even third-generation people being born right now who their parents are on meth. So we're talking about, like, someone in their 20s. Their parent was addicted to meth. They are addicted to meth, and they had a child. That's a lot of poverty. That's a lot of neglect when someone has that addiction, and that neglect can lead to all sorts of bad things to happen to a kid. Should we wait for our other friend since they went to go wash their hands? I met Sabrina at a nonprofit called Youth for Change. My name is Sabrina Haynes, and I'm a full-time mom and student. She volunteered, teaches. We're going to get a piece of bread. Sabrina is someone who had a really rough childhood. Her mother was addicted to drugs. Her father was emotionally abusive. They were divorced. They were fighting over her. I would come home and find my mom passed out on the couch. And then it was like, it was confusing because I couldn't wake her up. You know, my dad would make promises to me while I lived with my mom and say, oh, I'm going to call this day and wouldn't. I remember constantly thinking to myself, what is it about me that my dad doesn't want to be around? Why doesn't he love me? She has a score of 8 out of 10, which is incredibly high. Yeah. So she has 8 out of 10 of these indicators for childhood trauma. Can you give me an example of which ones she she had? Emotional abuse. Um Physical abuse, emotional neglect, physical neglect, sexual abuse. She was raped when she was five years old. Her mother was um, high and left her with a neighbor who she did not know very well. She had a parent who was incarcerated. She had a parent who may have had mental illness. Um, All of these things are, are things that rupture the relationship between a child and a parent, and it means there is no sort of place for her to go that's a homeostasis. So, I mean, it was it was a pattern. This was a continuing thing. It wasn't just one year of my life. This was an every day until I was about 17. Her way of dealing with that was through addiction. When I was about 18, you know, you think that when you see your parents doing drugs, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. But I did. And it wasn't until about 23, you know, basically from 18 to 23, I was addicted to meth. And it's a scary, it's a scary life. This level of stress was elevated and it would stay elevated. And that's what leads to the health issues. She's presently just 33 and When I look at her health risk, all the things that have happened to her, she's had eight surgeries. She has severe food allergies. She has a back that has led her to be on disability. It's just much more than anyone else I know. Yeah, right. For so long, I kind of played that victim role. Poor me, poor me, poor me. All those things are going bad. So what changed for Sabrina then? She went to jail a few times, and then... I think... When I was doing things for myself, finally, and just going out in the world and discovering things, I was kind of like, why play the victim? Why live in this negative space? She said, I'm going to get clean. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't really know like if there was an actual moment. It was just more maybe even becoming a mom 
and just having that life inside of you and knowing that you want to provide better. What number is that? Three. Three zebras. Getting pregnant with her kid even pushed her more to heal her own wounds. And then also to really look at how she was parenting. Because what she'd learned was something that she did not want to replicate. I think seeing, like, what my mom's gone through and her health issues, and I guarantee she probably has a big A score, too. She's an alcoholic mother, you know. She's dealing with stage 4 cancer right now. And I know that I don't want my daughter to go through that. I don't want her to be a victim of, like, high A scores. So one of the ways that she's trying to rewire how she learn to parent is through an interesting kind of therapy. Hi, Mom. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Where a therapist sits in a room, watches her through a two-way mirror. Her and her daughter play on the other side. So this is a great healing activity that you guys are doing. It's great that she's letting you take care of her. Therapist talks into a mic that goes into an earbud that Sabrina is wearing in the other room. And she feeds her helpful lines, like you have a therapist in your ear. I know the next time we go to the doctor's office, you're going to be able to keep your body calm. I know next time we go to the doctor's office, you're going to be able to keep your body calm. Because see how calm you're being right now, and you just got four shots. Can you get to have... Alcohol after you give me these two band-aids. Oh, you're saying that I need to use the alcohol swab after I give you the band-aids. Nice reflection. That's that's amazing that that exists. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. The types of therapy that people recommend when there is a kid with a high A score or the parent has a history of high A scores and doesn't want to, you know, pass that on, they all have to do with building a strong relationship between parent and child. When my daughter comes up to me and, Mom, look, I spell cat, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, you did. And she'll repeat the letters to me. And I really try to take that time. Even if it's one minute, ten minutes, it doesn't matter. They just want to be noticed. And that's what I felt. You know, I just wanted my mom to see what I did. I mean, it's about acknowledging this person and respecting them and also um, continuing to be a a steady parent. I, I actually took a look at the ACE questionnaire. Um, the 10 questions. Yeah. And it seemed like all those questions were about family. How does something like the campfire, like a traumatic event that doesn't include family, fit into how we understand childhood trauma? It's a different category. It's, it's not in that ACE score traditionally. Laura says the ACE score doesn't include environmental trauma, like having to evacuate your home or having your home destroyed by a massive fire. So after the campfire destroyed the city of paradise, Laura called up Chandra Goshipin, who's a psychologist at the University of California, San Francisco, who helps direct a clinic that looks at childhood psychology and childhood trauma. Each person's experience is unique, so you can never predict. And what's really important is how, um, how our community, our culture, our country responds to them to help support them. What she said about natural disasters relating to other trauma, is that basically that trauma lives in your body. That's what we learned through this ACE study and seeing it later in health. It's sort of like your body remembering and your body remembering not only this event, but other events where you can feel really crushed, that you might have a return to depression symptoms. You might really feel like you don't have energy and can't get up. The neural connections that you have made, the way your body reacts to a stressful event is different When you have already gone through such trauma as a child, you can be activated so much quicker than someone who has not. Okay. 
if you've had a very heavy trauma history, um, another trauma often reawakens symptoms. So what she says is you've had all this childhood trauma and then you layer on top of it something like this horrible natural disaster. And that can get you right back into thinking the way that you were thinking as a child and the way that you have worked so hard to overcome as an adult. All right. Can you hear me, Sabrina? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, great. So when you talked to Sabrina after the fires, what did she say? Yeah, it's kind of unbelievable. I keep waking up thinking that it's just been all one big dream and it's not. Yeah, I can't imagine what what that feels like. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone can imagine unless they go through it. So, what's um what's happened with your home? <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't gotten pick confirmation, but I've had several people who have friends that have driven by and said, you know, it's it's gone. I asked her, you know. You, when we talked last time, you talked about resilience and all the resilience you've built, and like, where is that right now? You know, and she said, I don't think it's around right now. I'm not even sure it's around right now. You know, I, I tell Aurora, you know, that we're strong and we can do this. I, it's just so hard. I mean, it's, <sighs> this definitely tops it, you know, it definitely tops it. And, um, I mean, honestly, she's what, is keeping me going because I know I have to be here for her, you know? She feels totally overwhelmed. And um, and it sounded very much textbook to what Chandra Goshippen was saying, that you can, one, get right back into this space of feeling such deep overwhelm um, that can lead to, you know, depression and anxiety. Um, and she was also saying that you can go to a really dark place where you say, you know, I am cursed. Like, what thing yeah. is going to be thrown at me next? Right. How How is Sabrina dealing with this? Does she have friends or family who she could reach out to? So she has rebuilt this relationship with her mother, who's been an incredible emotional support to her over the last 10 years of her healing. Mm. And then she has this dance studio that she loves. Believe it or not, our studio is still standing. And what she loves about it, the feedback that she gets when she's there is all positive. All the teachers at the studio and dancers just keep saying it's because of all the love that we poured into that studio, that there was nothing that was going to take it down, you know? I was up there because people who are living in that community are vulnerable. They were living off the grid. They were suffering from substance abuse. They did not have economic opportunity. They did not have a safety net. Laura says ACE scores are just one way to measure childhood trauma. The scores don't take into account other factors like behaviors or environment, like living in a violent neighborhood or evacuating your home because of fires. But she says there are researchers looking into expanding what an ACE score actually means and ways to quantify what's happening to kids outside the home, too. Laura Clivens is a health reporter for KQED. You can find her reporting and pictures of Sabrina and her kid, Aurora, in our episode notes. 
The Bay is produced by Erica Aguilar, who masterminds the mixes, and editor Vinny Tong. Our theme music was created by Dawood Anthony. Senior editors are Julie Kane, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for The Bay. Talk to you next week. Hey there, what's up? I just want to let you know that we had to make a correction on this story since it first published. I originally said that Butte County had the highest number of children who had experienced trauma. While Butte County may have one of the highest rates of kids with serious childhood trauma, the ACES survey that we talked about only looked at adults. So according to the survey, Butte County does have the highest rate of adults who've experienced childhood trauma. Thank you for your understanding. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.